0: Boom, Jessica! Done. Hi, how's, how's it, going? it going? I'm great. Um, so, when did I reach out to you in the mm-hmm. last month or last so? Week.
1: Last or a few weeks ago, yeah. I think. And then I was on holidays, and then you were busy, and then worked out to work out this week. Perfect. <laughs> you were on holidays. You were on holidays last week.
0: Yes, I took the boy off to the lake. <laughs> yes, that's what it was, and it was perfect weather for it too.
1: Yeah, yeah, it did have some good weather for that for sure
0: um So you have the unenviable task of being my friend that's in real estate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I don't know who's listening today, but hopefully I can give you some tips and tricks, and give you kind of like an overview what's going on in Regina real estate. If it's interesting, even (laughs)
0: knowledge of it in general. Like I remember who was I talking with, and they talked about how school doesn't teach people the right things anymore. Like.
1: Well, don't even get me started. On that. I know, but like, <laughs> but yeah.
0: they don't teach you anything like in high school. Like, there's nothing about like financial planning or how to secure a yeah, future like or what you things be...
1: you need to know in life, right? When or you like, grow up, <laughs>
0: and on that list is, I think, should be buying a house or buying real estate in general, right? Like,
1: like I would even go even earlier about how to manage your debt. Yeah, because there's no way to even get to buying a house until you learn how to budget and know what to allocate for your savings and things like that so until that's even dealt with yeah but buying a house is a huge one for sure
0: and the, yeah <laughs> i'm glad you brought up the debt because i remember i think i'm a decent generation ahead of you like when i walked onto the u of r there was mastercard standing there Exa- handing out same, card. With, me, same okay. with me
1: yeah 2001 <clears throat> i'm like so eager to get to school walk in the door huge MasterCard. Yeah. Like, boom. And they're trying to get you direct to you. Boom, boom, boom. Like sheep, like little sheep <laughs> coming yeah. in. Oh, look at this. They're offering me this free credit card. I don't know any different. I'm thinking, great. It's some cash for me on the weekend, right? And <laughs> um, all they see is clothes. 20%. Yeah. And like, you don't know, like they don't tell you how much interest this is or they don't tell you you have to pay that off every month or else you're getting dinged. Nowadays, you can see it on your credit card bill, right? It's going to take you six years to pay this like two thousand dollar bill off right but when we were kids no
0: when did they start having you do that because i remember
1: i i think it was like a year or two ago i'm pretty sure like if you look right on your front of your mastercard bill it'll tell you so say you owe like two thousand dollars it'll tell you how long it'll actually take to pay that off if you just pay the minimum payment every month how
0: eye-opening is that for people
1: Yeah, like go look at your credit card bill right now.
0: (laughs) Don't depress people in the first three minutes.
1: (laughs) Don't freak them out right now. But yeah, that's like the simplest thing is like if you keep track of what you put on your credit card and then actually pay the whole entire thing off every month, you're building yourself up with good credit and you won't have this massive, huge consumer debt like the majority of people have, especially in our age because there's student loans, there's car loans, there's not even good stuff like a good mortgage like a mortgage is good debt but like there's there's things like furniture there's electronics everything you buy just yeah. goes on there and then it's like and they, oh shoot look at my <laughs> yeah
0: right and they made it that you can't even declare bankruptcy out of student loans anymore no and so no. that's yeah. like so you're paying and it's Thousands upon thousands of dollars. I don't even yeah. want to know what a full college education costs anymore. When it's said and done.
1: Oh, I know. Like people think it's like fifty thousand, but after it's all said and done, and you're paying that, it's like almost double, if not more. That's
0: and you're scary. paying it right. Like there's no way there's out. There's no of
1: way it. out of it. There's no way out of it. So I feel Unless like a lot. Die, of, I think is yeah.
0: <laughs> and so I feel like people have to take a lot of like jobs <laughs> yeah. they don't want now. Yeah. Because.
1: Or, even just going to talk to your lender, or not your lender, even just like your bank or your financial institution, there's so many other better ways to pay for your education now than just going straight for a student loan. There's so many other options out there that you'll be benef- it'll be beneficial after the fact that you're after your four years or whatever you're taking. So go to your financial institutions, they have lots of different things. <laughs> go educate yourself before you go and enroll yourself into school. Yeah. That's just one thing right there. <laughs> like
0: I know, but like how much does it strap somebody that's like let's say they're a little bit more motivated than I ever was and like they go to school and then they're done in their four years so they're 23, 24, 25. Right. Like where do you start life if you're starting life at negative $50,000? Exactly. Like
1: I, I we're finding that out too. Like most 20-somethings can't afford their first time house without mom and dad. It's just simple as that. They don't have enough money for the down payment. You have to have a minimum of 5% to um, in your pocket like just there just to purchase something so if you're having a two hundred thousand dollar house like you need five grand right off hop right just to even and how many homes uh, cost that much well yeah and, <laughs> and then that's like exactly that's another whole other story but yeah if without mom and dad it's kind of hard for those first-time home buyers to even get their foot in the door um, most parents are co-signing or just buying one off the hop for them to help out until their loans are paid off and then they start with the mortgage it's yeah, it's tough. And how many tough.
0: of them know, like, there's the mortgage, but, and that's also in things that you don't learn, like all the things that are underlying, right? Like there's right. insurance.
1: There's so many. Yeah, there's other things. Like it's it's not just a mortgage payment that you have to worry about on a monthly basis. There's utilities. There's property insurance. There is repairs. You have to start saving up for those shingles that are coming. They're, they're curling right now, probably five more years. You're going to have to replace your whole roof. Like there's things like that that you... Have, need contingencies for, so yeah, owning a home you need to be a grown up and you need to <laughs> prepare prepare for these things for sure. It's it's. Oh, I always say it's never ending when you're a homeowner. There's always something that you want want to do. Like oh, we want to renovate. You want to make it look pretty. You want to landscape. You want a. Oops, a furnace is broken. We got to go get that dealt with in a hurry. So yeah, there's lots of things to like consider when you're purchasing a house, but we still feel like it is a good investment long term, for sure. Um, but owning a home is not always for everybody either. Like renting, still a really good option depending on what your lifestyle is like. I mean, if you're if you're planning on moving or traveling lots, or if you're especially if you're younger and you're like, um, I'm just done university. I don't know where I'm gonna land buying a house right off the hop is probably not an ideal situation because maybe you'll get a job in another city or maybe you'll you'll decide you want to go travel first before you buckle down and actually be an adult. Like, There's so many things and factors to worry about um, before um, owning a home that renting might be a good fit for now. Maybe things will change where you're kind of in a serious relationship but you don't want to buy something because maybe you want to buy something with your significant other in a year or two so then you're like who because you got a house to deal with and you're not there's payout penalties and there's other things to worry about when you're having to buy and sell so fast so there's lots of factors to to go through and i think um, talking with an agent or going to a lender and talking about the pros and cons of renting versus buying and it's always it's different for everybody because depending on where they are at in their life one could be way more beneficial than the other
0: yeah for sure Well, even when I talked to you two years ago when I got separated, I was trying to figure out my options and um, I hadn't even realized years and years before that, the credit card had built up and we were like, okay, fine. And we like flattened everything and just paid everything off. And then I canceled everything. So then when I went and talked to the guy that you had pointed me to, he's like, you have no credit, which is worse than
1: having it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah. so even like talking, even if you are in that scenario when you are separating or just starting to think about buying a house, going to talk to a lender, they'll kind of steer you in a direction of how to build good credit, how to get rid of some consumer debt um, to make sure you have a good credit score and then ultimately having a good, it's called a total debt ratio. So when you buy a house it doesn't depend solely on what how much you earn. it's also how much debt you carry so it's kind of a ratio between those two things so if you can get the debt low and show um, show your institution that you can do that on a consistent basis and then start making income as that gets as that as that increases you're gonna have a better chance of buying a home down the road and ideally in an in a good price range that you're excited about kind of thing so there's so many things to learn yeah <laughs> and you're like oh shit, i should oh shoot sorry I should, I, i'm a little bit of a potty milk. um uh, but yeah this is rated <laughs> r you can, you can go nuts today your children that. aren't here <laughs> but yeah no there's lots of things to consider um and yeah separations and divorces are really tough on on uh, buying something else and before you say oh, i'm oh i'm just going to give my spouse the, ha- the house and i'll move on maybe talk to a lender because they'll definitely help you out in that situation too before you make those big, big decisions. Not that it's going to stop you, but it's just going to prepare you of what, you, what lies ahead because you might like, oh, I'll just go buy another house, but you're not going to be financially ready to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that was the nice thing is like I'm glad that I knew somebody in the business because I don't know how dishonest people are sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like some just might want to sell a house, right? So yeah. I've been lucky that I have friends in all these different places that can kind of either I can ask or I can they can point me in the right direction and he gave great advice and he was like get a credit card start building up pay it off right away build it up pay it off right away and then in the meantime I had realized because they're just a block this way right and now I've realized I kind of enjoy renting and being still within a block like he can now walk over right when it's his turn to come here right um and I'm here, if there's yeah. an emergency, I can still run over yeah, there, pop right? Over. Yeah, so I kind of like the flexibility of it, mm-hmm. and it's weird because rent has tanked in this area. I don't know if that's across everywhere.
1: Yeah, I feel like the vacancy rates have definitely made the rental, um, your rental payments probably cheaper pretty much across the board. And maybe aside from like luxury furni- furnished units, um, I feel like people are getting a better value for their rent at the moment, which is good for the renter. Not so good for landlord. Yeah. <laughs> but it's. But it's, they never it, even told me, right? Yeah. Like
0: I came in here and I signed my lease and whatever. And then all of a sudden, like eight months later, my rent was $200 lower. Oh, that's And cool. I was like, I didn't. Yeah. Wow. Being that guy that doesn't Woo-hoo. read what he signs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if that's just them being nice or if it was built into the agreement or what. But like all of a sudden what they had to start offering to get people to come here right is what i got right and so then once they filled all the places, places it crawled up a little up. bit but yeah. it's still like my rent's lower now than it was two years ago mm-hmm. and so like i don't know if that's a sign of the times because once again mm-hmm. the province is on kind of a downswing again right and we're not the have province anymore but like it's just i find that weird and i don't
1: yeah yeah well you're in a specific um complex that does that not everybody gets that yeah <laughs> well yeah well i could just like make my rent lower here and that'll, that'll work great. But yeah, now this doesn't happen in, in every everybody's complexes, but that's great for you for sure. But yeah, you're right. You kind of like touch base on that, like that Saskatchewan's kind of not a super exciting place to, um, to live, any- well, not live anymore. I don't lo- live anymore. I love it here, but, um, it's not the have province like you had mentioned, but, and that really impacts our, um, our market for sure. If, Um, we had some sort of booming economical factor driving people to migrate to Regina for work, then our market would be a lot more stable. Um, But we don't really have anything like that. We don't have like the potash mines aren't doing fabulous. Um, Oil. Oil is still not great. Um, There's not like a huge project going on here. Like bypass projects, pretty much winding down. People are starting to like go now. Or ahead of schedule, actually. Totally. Um, which is great, but, I mean, not so great for the market. But, I mean, that was a short-term project anyway. People weren't going to buy, coming from Ontario to buy, and they the, and then leave right away, right? Those people were always renting or living in their camper near the site, right? Yeah. They were never going to buy, but, like, like it would be a miracle if we had, like, an Amazon come here or something. But that's, like, there's nothing in the foreseeable future that's happening in Regina, to drive people to come here so the market's good when there's jobs and lots coming here and there's just not it's not there at the moment so that is one of the biggest factors of why our market is a little bit down um I'd say uh on average this past year home prices have dropped between 8 and 10 percent from last year um which is huge for us we're always like on a nice we've been on a nice incline six percent for the last I don't know 10 years or so um and it's always been great and then 2013 it started going maybe up just one or two and then yeah this last year it's like whoosh it's an exciting factor and it's cyclical it happens um but yes it's it's finally it's yeah it's not all doom and gloom I'd, I'd say there's certain pockets that are doing really well still um but there's specific things that um it would be incredibly beneficial to that buyer if they, once they're qualified and ready to go, there's deals to be had for sure. Yeah.
0: And people are always coming and going, right? Like yeah. It's like just- that's never
1: going to end. Like people, people have babies, people get married, people pass away, like people move for jobs. Like it's, it's never, it's not always just be dependent on what the market's doing. People have to move no matter what sometimes. And you kind of have to suck it up or reap the benefits depending on if you're buying or selling right so yeah and the last
0: yeah. article I think that I ever saw that was published I don't even know if it was legit stats or whatever I think it was for the first quarter of this year and it said that houses were still going up like you said kind of like that one two percent climb but it said condominiums had tanked
1: yeah and that's uh, we see that <clears throat> quite a bit here we have um we've def- definitely saturated in condos I think yesterday when I checked we're hit, I think, around almost seventeen hundred properties on MLS in our, on, in Regina, and that's quite high. Like we're normally at like a thousand to twelve hundred, so we're way over. Like, is that overall
0: listings? That's overall
1: listings, and then condos make up half, or no, sorry, qu- a quarter of that market. See, I thought so, they'd be more. Because it
0: feels like they're still piling them on in Harbor
1: Landing, right? <laughs> it doesn't. It I don't know if like like they've stopped. I feel like they're almost finishing up some of the builds there, but yeah, it feels like it's completely saturated. Like they're just it would, the builders weren't stopping. With the, Isn't it detrimental to them though? You'd you'd think that it gets to the point where they can't keep up with it. Like it's just they have to. There's a certain point where they are not selling and then, then they're cutting up pre- cutting back prices and it's just the bottom line is isn't getting hit. So you'll see some halting now. I have seen I have actually seen that the builders are starting to slow up which is I'm amazed a they good haven't full out ceased though, right? Like- some build and markets like this th- there will be some builders that will say see you later because they can't make it through a tough year like this and that will happen. We'll see it for sure. Um there is a lot of builders in Regina to be honest, but um, well, but yeah so that is a huge one like the and that's that's what's driving the lack of sales throughout the the year is that these this condo market is saturated so all the prices they're dropping to get them gone and then they can't get anywhere these condo owners can't make the next leap they can't get to the next they're calling the property ladder they can't get to the next rung yeah. because they're waiting for this condo to sell but if it's selling 60 to 70 grand under what they originally paid for it, they can't make that leap. They're going to stay. So it's just like a a cog is like broken at the beginning of the initial stages of buying. So if that happens, then there's less buyers to get to the next rung, the next buyers to get to. So that's kind of what's kind of happening right now. It's like a condo market has really put a halt on a lot of, Sales for sure, yeah, yeah, and
0: I don't know why. There's one I won't name them. There's one company that, and I don't know why they keep jamming in my Facebook feed. <laughs> um, I must have Googled that I was looking for a condo at some point in my life, but like
1: <clears throat> I love that Facebook algorithm, yeah. yeah, and
0: it and it keeps popping up. And that same ad where it's like only two remaining, only two, and I okay. swear it has said that for a year. <laughs> Where they're like, we're down to our left. Like, they reword how they're yeah. putting that there's two left to make it more sensationalized. <laughs> to make like, it
1: look like there's some urgency there. Well, yeah. Like,
0: yeah. you got to take advantage of this immediately, right? Yeah. Like,
1: Don't do it now.
0: But it's like, yeah. And like, when <laughs> I read... Uh, and even when I was shopping around before I talked to you, I was just yeah. kind of looking... Yeah. Because I'm lazy and hate yard work. So I was looking at condos. And yeah, mm-hmm. the prices were like... Yeah. Kind of shocking to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they're probably the best um, prices I've ever seen for condos in my 10 years of real estate. It's been, it's quite alarming a little bit, to be honest with you. But, um, I, I would say that it's, it's good if you are a buyer for sure, if you are pre, pre-approved that these would be really good things to get your hands on early if you're going to stay in it for a long term. Um, I also thinking what I'm also seeing too is that a lot of people, seniors are living longer and they're not leaving their homes. So that, that uh, I'd say buyer pool, that would normally go back to a condo are not doing it as or much. Or downsized to a home Yeah, or Downsizing right? that that's not happening. So those seniors that would go back to the condo where they are more than able to afford it and um, are able to reap the benefits of condo living, they're staying in their houses longer because they're able to. So it's it's like a cycle that's not we're not filling that buyer pool for those condos right now and even like we i know a lot of people would be coming in from other places in the country where the newcomers to canada would fill that void quite often but the newcomers to canada that we're finding now are mostly on like a refugee status where they're in, in no position to be buying either at the moment Right? They have to establish Canadian credit. They're not buying cash sight unseen. Like a lot of um, Asian, com- uh, Asian countries that were coming, people that were coming in from China, for instance, years ago, they just come in and buy stuff for cash and it was fine because they had the cash for it. But
0: done and sold. Yeah,
1: that's not happening anymore. So, yeah, that's that's another piece of the puzzle as well.
0: But, hmm. Hmm. Um, one of my big questions was, what's the difference between a buyer's and a seller's market? so when we bought in 2005 I'm gonna say okay it was considered a buyer's market it was before the boom anything mm-hmm. and we found a little tiny home for like a hundred twenty thousand right. dollars and then it felt like overnight
1: it just transformed. It boomed here right yeah. like yeah it, it was kind of crazy um, what we find is that if it's a supply and demand thing so Right now, we are experiencing a buyer's market. There's no doubt about it. When you have over 1,700 listings in a in a city the size of ours, that's significant. So I would say the balanced market is around 1,000 homes to 1,200 homes, and anything under that is more geared towards a seller. So negotiating is going to be different, and the, the days on market of your home sitting there for sale is going to change drastically too. So um, on a normal average... Balanced market your house would probably sit around 30 to 40 days Um, now we're seeing like 60 to 90 in some areas and and um, When it's a seller's market sometimes they're going a day and Or like there's multiple offers and you're gone, right? So that's kind of the the main differences on that and it depending on if it's buyers market the buyer is in the driver's seat and they can dictate some more of the conditions that they're wanting. When it's a seller's market, it's the other way around. The seller gets to say, well, no, I want this price. You're getting it as is. See you later. Right? Whereas when it's a buyer market, the buyer can make those decisions like, well, no, I prefer this date. No, I'm going to pay you this much. No, I want that furnace fixed before I come in. Like they can be a little bit more. Um, in a power leveraged position. So it's so. who
0: controls the transaction pretty much?
1: Pretty much, yeah. That's kind of how it, <clears throat> how that kind of works. So, And your agent will let you know where you're at on the, those fronts. And yeah, we are experienced at buyer's market. I was going to just kind of mention this, but there's specific hot pockets in the city that we're still seeing like multiple offer situations. So it's dependent on your price, what kind of house you have, and where you live. So talk to your agent cuz they will know where that those spots are for sure. Hmm.
0: I guess yeah. that makes sense, right? Like if yeah, I'm assuming stuff like if you're a new or... family, you want by a school that you want your right. kid to go to or yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, are there lots of people like say if it is a buyer's market, are there any sellers that kind of like are stubborn about it? And- oh, of course
1: there is. <laughs> of course there is. But um, the nice thing is when you are working with an agent, especially with our team, we have we have a a day where we connect with our sellers and go over all these expectations show them the trends and show them what we're expecting to see so if they're not in that position the agent can decide whether they're going to work with them or not but at that point yeah if you're not willing to work with a buyer and be somewhat reasonable and and compromise on things likelihood of you selling is probably slim to none (laughs) It has in a market like this, it has to be priced right. Otherwise it's just gonna sit. And the longer your house sits, the longer it looks like something's wrong with it. So, oh this house has been on for two hundred days. I wonder what's going on. Oh, maybe there's a bad basement or maybe There's something there's something going <laughs> on in this house. Like why is it sitting for so long? How come nobody's picked it up? Well, there could be some factors there. So So there
0: are people that do dig in their heels and are like, this house is is selling for this much.
1: For sure there is. And then you do your best to get... We always do our best to get the highest price for our sellers as we possibly can. That's our job, right? That's why you hire us in the first place. But there has to be some sort of realistic expectations that come with that
0: too. Do people not take it well?
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is... Oh, for a lot of people, their homes are their nest eggs. Like this is their retirement fund, and when you when you come in there and you tell them, like, sorry, the average sale price in your neighborhood is three hundred, and you're hoping for four, like that hurts. And we, yeah, we get, yeah, definitely get yelled at sometimes. And it's not out of like it's not a personal thing. It's just like this is my I need this money to retire on, or I need this money to help my my mother into retirement home or like it's there's so many things that everybody's money is tied up in their homes that if we don't give them the number that they're hoping for yeah it could definitely be devastating but you have to be honest with them you're not going to just pump their tires to get the listing that's that's not going to help anybody because at the end of the day if i don't sell it (laughs) and it's 90 days in you're going to hate me and we've just tarnished our relationship right so you might as well start off that that Transaction in a honest and open forum; otherwise, there's no point. Whether they like it or Whether not. Whether they like it or not. Yes, yeah. Honesty is. And you can always go get second opinions if you want. Like, it's not like you have to pick one agent and be like, "Okay, that's what we're doing." I mean, if you like them and you trust them, go for it. But if you don't and you want to get a second opinion, that's more you're more than entitled for that. You can also get a formal appraisal, which costs around $400 out of your pocket to see where that's at, too, if you really wanted to
0: so I'm trying to think yeah when we bought we had an inspector go over the place right and that was eye-opening too because they're yeah. but it's their job right but yeah. he was like there's this 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 and this and this is old and the shingles are right doing and it's they kind of give you like the forecast like you yeah. are going to have to replace this in five years do you have the thousands of dollars for that too right and it's like mm-hmm. It's like you said you become an adult whether you yeah. want to or not and it yes. is kind of scary and it is. i don't mind right now being in this kind of like mm-hmm. situation where right. it's like if something blows up i phone i phone the company and they come <laughs> fix it right like
1: yeah for sure yeah and like i i always like i actually own five properties myself i own a few rentals i own my, my family home with my husband and i feel like this is a really good long-term situation for for us for investments and we do very well on our rentals um, we've had them for a little while and they do really good um, so real estate can be a really good tool to help you in retirement down the road as well so um, home ownership isn't all doom and gloom it's always there's a lot of good advantages of it too but like I was saying it's it depends on where you're at in your life I, I don't know I, I actually bought my how old are you when you bought your first house?
0: uh 32
1: i was 21 i was 21 years old when i bought my first house you know yeah, but i wasn't like, an adult the? until but 44. I was, that's what i'm saying <laughs> like how do you like that's like i grew up in a hurry at 21 because that's a lot that's a big responsibility to take on how old on. were you
0: when we met 10 years ago ish mm,
1: yeah about that so yeah. i was like 25 <laughs> <laughs> i'm me my age away um Fine. <laughs> but yeah no that's uh it was eye-opening for me but I made I bought just before the boom and I took advantage of it and we sold right right after that and I made a great amount of money and I built my first home with my husband and it just kind of catapulted from there. So I went from that little house in Glen Karen at age 21 and now I live out in White City, which is it was like a tremendous if I didn't buy that house at that time, I would never be where I am at. What
0: motivated you to buy a twenty-one?
1: Well, I was in a really good circumstance. I had a full scholarship. I didn't have any student loans. I had an inheritance. It was it was like almost to the point where I was like I felt like I was throwing my money down the carburetor, basically by, by renting. renting. Yeah, because I had I was just giving this landlord my money and not having anything to to show for it. I didn't have an asset there. And I knew Regina was going to be my forever home. And I loved it here. And it's like, why couldn't I do it? So at 21, I was still in my last year of university. Bought my own house. And then I had renters with me. I had two girlfriends that lived with me. They actually ended up paying my mortgage. I just had to make sure that the utilities were set. And I could tackle the property taxes. And that helped me. That was three years of that. Just, And I didn't even have to pay the mortgage. Because I had roommates doing that for me so, so that was
0: all your own like no one sat you down or
1: well no because <clears throat> that doesn't
0: sound like a no. mature line of thought from <laughs> any 21 year old that I've ever met well in my life, I, right?
1: I know Wow, uh, I had I had really good parents okay. so yeah they, they're definitely helped me out for sure in that sense of things and I have a very entrepreneurial brother as well that's older than me six years older than me so yeah I, I took uh, you know followed by leader or follow by example right I had really good mentors and parents that said if you're ready like let's try this and go for it and yeah because I would venture to
0: say that 99.9% no, of people in, in a, that situation the money's gone right Like
1: yeah that could be very much well could be so I was you know I was very fortunate to be like a step ahead of most 21 year olds because that's like when you're 21 you have that debt or you're scrambling to find that down payment and I was there I already like, so I might as well take advantage of this opportunity opportunity that I had. So worked out well. um, Yeah. And I, I hear a lot of other success stories about it too. And just being using real estate as your, as your catapult almost where to get to your next step in your life. And it's definitely helped me. And it's definitely helped a lot of my clients as well down the road or up or down the road. A lot of my clients along the road for sure. And, um, yeah, it's not always doom and gloom. So Do people
0: understand that. the difference between good and bad debt? Because no, like
1: nobody does. Because <laughs> like
0: does. the whole joke about buying a car is the second you drive off the lot, you've it's, just lost sixty six percent, like two thirds of the value of it, right? For sure. And do people have that in their head about homes in any way or
1: I don't even feel like they even know what good and debt and bad debt is. They always seem debt as one big the same thing. Like it's a negative all, word, right? Every all debt is bad in yeah. some people's heads. Um, I, did I, I? don't know if this is that is like 100 percent true, but I had heard that Canada is like one of has one of the highest is one of the highest countries with the most consumer debt, and that's crazy to me. Yeah,
0: I heard the ugh.
1: something like that. I don't know exactly what it was, but it's like for every dollar you earned, you owed a buck fourteen or something. Yeah. So something like that. And I was like, holy cow, like people, the the consumer debt is out of control here. So if you, I was going to say like bad debt or things like things that aren't going to give you any type of value down the road kind of thing, like (laughs) your clothes, if clothing is probably a big one, Um, any other things that you're putting on your, like, Eating out constantly at restaurants and just packing on debt that doesn't need to be there is bad debt. I would say <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, good debt though is like something that you can use as an asset and you can sell down the road to help you out. Like for example, your house, which is a huge uh, that is good debt to have. Like your more, I would say your mortgage is your good debt out of anything. As opposed to the car, the cars and, and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cars are a big one. Oh my goodness. I don't I feel like that's a whole nother ball. You need to have a car maybe not a car salesman, but maybe a, a lender to come on and talk to you about how um car dealerships can wreck people's credit in a hurry. <laughs> like badly. Yeah. No, I have <laughs> friends
0: that do financial stuff like somewhere with like World Financial Group and stuff like that. And I've gone to like to mm-hmm. some of their seminars. And the statistics, and even, like, with my payroll job, Mm -hmm. the CRA sends out updates on stuff. And, like, it's approaching 70% of Canada are living paycheck to paycheck. Right. Um, And something, I swear it's in that ballpark now, will not be able to retire at 70. Yeah, that's scary. Like...
1: I mean, you walk down the street or talk to a handful of your friends and ask them, at our age, do you have life insurance? Do you are you saving for your retirement like just some basic questions they're like what are you talking about no do you have a will like,
0: like see i have all those things when you but, have a
1: kid like yeah these yeah. are things like these this is all important things and i would say a good chunk of people if you just went and did a survey down the street this is these basic things that need to be done for retirement no nope not there
0: <laughs> I'm just curious like do they think that CPP is an end all be all or like you know
1: a lot of people feel like they're just going to live off the pe- the pensions of their of their um that they're getting from work and you see It doesn't lots look are... like
0: very much and I'm 10 years or no yeah. I'm 8 years in
1: yeah like it's and then sometimes we're like, well wasn't there a, I can't remember exactly but a lot of people's pensions got cut drastically and they're living like 60% less of what they were thinking they were going to have you can't just rely on your pension anymore. I don't I think 2008 I feel like destroyed that. a lot of that. Oh, for sure it did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I don't even know in the end how hard pension funds and things like that got hit. Like I have yeah. I was lucky also like I had A certain amount of money given to me by my father that's tucked away somewhere and invested, but like I would get the statements, and then all of a sudden, two thousand eight, it just went boom. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. like maybe now it's back to where it was. Yeah, like it's getting close. It's scary, right? Mm -hmm. And if that, like, it's not enough to be a retirement fund. It's like this emergency amount of money, or if I want to get a house someday or something, right? Like I have this Mm -hmm. nest egg, right? But like, it's scary. Like I get quarterly updates or whatever, and it's nice to see my. Investment grow through work right but like I didn't start that job till I was 36 right so I'm
1: yeah 16 years, years. behind
0: the ball for where like
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't have a retirement date in mind yeah. like
1: yeah no or and, and then things like also like life happens too like there's things that happen that you're on track to that freedom 55 or whatever you're wanting to have but then yeah life happens things happen that you don't plan for or your health goes or something happens, or your parents need help, or your brother needs help, or something, and you're, you know, you're back to you're, you, you've you've um, regressed for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I know we so. had
0: talked about GoFundMe before we started. Yeah. And that has almost become people's like, instead of having life insurance. insurance. Now all of a sudden GoFundMe is That's paying really for funerals. That's really funny you
1: put that up because I, my husband says this to all the times like, really, they had to rely on a GoFundMe page to make, like to get through this? I'm like, yeah, like a lot of people don't have the money to get life insurance or they just, they just, it's an afterthought and yeah, it's I don't, scary.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like when you, in, and it's because like through work it's forced on me, like we have our life insurance policy but then my one financial friend was like that is nowhere near what
1: enough yeah, yeah. to
0: cover like me being gone and then Xander would be with a single parent who would have to try and get by with that yeah. and so they kind of were like you need this this and this amount right and then you can taper it back once he's an adult and taking care of himself and like right. if i didn't have financial friends like yeah and if i got hit by a bus tomorrow things right. would have been horrible right and like oh. and that's i feel like Three quarters of the GoFundMe stuff is, if not more, Right. is yeah. either... Or they think
1: they, they are covered, but they're, it's not enough, like you're saying. Like, it's just...
0: Yeah, like, funerals are expensive.
1: Yeah. Or if, even, like, if somebody is... You're in an accident and you 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 get through it, but you can no longer work for the rest of your life and you need 24-hour home care. Like, like yeah. that's a huge expense. It gets... Yeah.
0: Awesome. And I don't even know all the rules of it. Like if you don't have a will, doesn't the government get to step in?
1: So probate is another fun one uh, to deal with for sure. Um, I would say that's actually a good way that segue, that you say that is our team is actually in the next month here is the, we are actually going to be focusing on helping people prepare for downsizing and um, estate planning because we feel like. We've, we've gone through this for, I've been in it for a decade. My team's been 50 years combined real estate. There's the five of us and nothing is more heart wrenching to see family members go through this and going through it too late because their families didn't plan for, for their end of year, end of the years or their golden years or whatever you would like to call it or not being as proactive as enough as they, as they need to be, um, for like, for example we've had we've had instances where we are dealing with estates and you know the the parents had lived there for 40 years and can you imagine the things that they accumulate for 40 years and just to just the overwhelming anxiety family members have going through their parents things what are we going to do with all this stuff and it also brings up all the the grief and you're doing all this at the same time and it's just heartbreaking and they probably should have moved them 10 years ago you know like they should have been they shouldn't even been in that house because they can can no longer maintain it furnace is shot or the, the shingles need work or you know and it hasn't been updated since 1983 so it's like it's deteriorating and there's nothing you can do about it and you're trying to sell a home like that in a buyer's market where there's 15 other better homes just around the corner and it's just and dealing with that as a baby boomer and you're you're kind of torn between generations where you're trying to deal with the state of your family yet you're helping your kids and your grandkids and you're still working and it's just it's it's overwhelming and we feel like um, this is probably the time to be doing this. Um, our baby boomers are starting to retire now or think about retiring. And um, I, I just, we, our, our team has gone through it enough personally and uh, seen it so many times with our clients that the proactiveness of, of downsizing and, and learning what your options are. Because there's so many ways you can downsize. You can be, you don't have to go straight to a senior care home. Like, there's so many things you could be doing um, that might better make, make your quality of life so much better um, in those end of years that um, it will help the whole family. So, getting that conversation started um, and planning that is going to be a big I think it's a big thing, and nobody's really talking about it.
0: Nobody likes to talk about money.
1: Nobody likes to talk about money. Nobody likes to talk about death. Yeah. No we likes to, to talk. To the worst
0: conversations. It's started. the worst,
1: <laughs> and especially if you come from a big family. Like my mom comes from a family of eight kids, Holy. and like how how do you all come together and talk about how we're gonna handle mom and dad, and and everybody's gonna have different opinions, and and if her parents would have just had some sort of direction and plan and sat them down and said, "This is what I want." done but they never think that they're going to get to this age right and they like, don't want to
0: be a downer and sit down and right. eat kids and be like here's what happens when i die
1: right but or on the flip side then you're it's almost i don't want to say burden that's not the right word for it but it's it causes so much more strain in years to come if you don't so it sucks it, it's this conversation sucks but it needs to be done and pl- i'd say being prepared as best as you can is the best way to go so it's not like you have to move out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but it's I, I I wish that the um the older generation would tell their parent or tell their kids their their wishes and what they're needing from them. You know, that's that's the biggest one. So yeah, we are gonna be talking about that a lot in October, November. Um, we're actually partnering with RBC and doing oh, like nice. an event about <clears throat> um um probably they're probably gonna be doing two. One is like um probably more targeted towards people five years out of retirement and then the other one will be estate planning so stay tuned and go to jcrealty.com and and check out those dates and we won't know the dates for another few weeks but yeah we just thought it was it was a it's a topic that nobody likes to talk about like you were saying it sucks but it needs to be dealt with and i feel like there's there's a lack of of service in that area it's a vital
0: education that people need i think so we had talked about earlier there are like And it it should be just one of those life lessons that everyone should be told. And it is a complete don't talk about that. Don't talk about death. Don't talk about debt, Um, especially don't talk about money, because most people are, like you said, running at their debt is a dollar 14 on every dollar they make. Right. And like we're in a world of microtransactions where everyone feels that they can buy that one dollar thing on an app or buy this for five bucks. Right. And it's like because they don't realize that all the pebbles in the pond are going to take it all away right yeah um for sure another big one i was kind of curious about this especially during the boom like i know things have cooled off now but at what point are there too many real estate agents <laughs> because i swear and you're, you're laughing at me I now am laughing but in 2000 let's say eight there must have been way more
1: i don't know like i feel like what was the last count? I don't know for sure about this. We have we're, we're well over four hundred.
0: And how many would be necessary?
1: Oh, that's pretty good for the good? size of us. But
0: because I feel like at one point there there was like an like obscene amount. Of yeah, you agent. couldn't throw a stone out your window without hitting a real estate <laughs> agent, right? Like it just. So I don't yeah. know. if... I if feel that, like
1: the, um, the good ones will stick around, and they'll get the the ones that are not really in it for life or passion about it will get weeded out for sure um and there's a lot of older agents that are just have their license and they they'll do the odd deal here and there because they can right it's they're basically retired but why not do a deal here and there and make some commission so like i would say there's probably like not even a quarter of them that do majority of the business oh, okay. i would say and some are just doing it there there are agents that are doing it as a part-time gig that's true. Do you think most of them
0: th- thought it was going to be quick money oh, because for sure. of the boom?
1: Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. I see that. I've seen that for sure. That they're like, or they just think it's an easy job, and it's not. Like it's very time consuming. We were just talking about that. I'm actually. I've been in it for ten years, but I'm in my second year just managing because I have a small family. My kids are young, and I was like, I I miss my first daughter's first steps because i was out showing a house on a wednesday night like it was so like that is it's tough on your it's it's tough work you're and it's you need to know your stuff nonstop. like there's constant educating you have to be on top of the market all the time in order to serve your clients right and you're constantly looking for work like every day you wake up and you're going to look for work basically right like that's a lot of pressure so, it's not it's not for everybody. Well,
0: it's not a factory job where every day you're yeah. providing the same thing over exactly. and over again. And you're so everywhere. It's,
1: like, it's one day you're out showing 10 houses. The next day you have three listing appointments. And in the middle of that, you're running your own business. And there's a lot of expenses involved with that. And a lot of, I think that's where people get tripped up is like they think it's just, oh, I'll just make some money. Um, but they don't understand you're running a business and it costs a lot of money to be an agent for sure. Like. All the branding, all the marketing, your business cards, like every your signs, like everything costs money. And
0: you said you're doing the social media for your team. I now, do all too? the
1: social media for my team. That's time. All that time spent on on your listings and yourself. You're always prospecting. You're always looking for for work, right? And so, if you it's don't not,
0: want to do it, you're paying someone
1: else, exactly, which is money you might not have, right? Exactly. So. Yeah. Um. I feel like a lot of people think it's easy money, and when they that commission question comes up. Or what do you do for my money? Um, I feel like agents don't don't show their value as much as they do because they want to show like it's easy and smooth and they know what they're talking about all the time. But it's hard work selling a house and it's like it could take up to 40, 50 hours of work for one home, if not more sometimes. So, I mean, if you think that your agent's not making or they're making easy money, oh, my God, they're making so much commission. Think about of all the things that they're running a business and all the things that run into. I could probably itemize every single thing I do for one house and it probably wouldn't even be worth the commission I do sometimes for a house, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. And the one cool thing, like I went through the YouTube page for your team and it's Mm -hmm. something that's cool and it's but it's probably part of the evolving industry right like because before it would be like yeah probably a booklet with like a picture of the front of the house a picture of the kitchen but now you can have like virtual tours of a house right like
1: yeah yeah for sure and that's that's kind of how our team kind of st- st- um is one of our things that we kind of are differentiate differentiate ourselves from others is we are a team dynamic we are a true team so we actually have um Myself as a client care director and do all the marketing, we help ensure that our clients are prepared to list their home. I actually go through every home, de- help them declutter and get it ready for market. That's where I was just before I got here, I was staging a home for, so I'm, styling, <laughs> I'm styling the house and making it sure it looks beautiful for the professional photos and the videos. That is probably like one of the biggest things you could do as a seller is showcase the assets of your home. and. I've been doing it for 10 years I know what looks good I know what will show what will sell and having that asset just to get to that point to make sure it looks great on photos and videos because if it doesn't look good there you're not even gonna get them in the door right
0: yeah and that's so, so funny that you brought up like making it look a certain way because when I was flipping through all your stuff because you would have like specific home videos mm-hmm. but then you had your little quick tip right. ones too right. that looked super cool yeah. and the one that made me kind of smile was the like how to fix your closet to make it look yeah. better and I was like really something you don't even think of like don't know wouldn't it be empty when you're showing it or no you have to make it look cozy or what's the well
1: no like most people are still living in it so it looks like a bomb went off in most people's walking (laughs) closets i don't know what your closet looks like but mine's like crazy busy um but yeah there's so many like that's a huge feature that's just for example this is just one of the examples that he's both telling me about but kaylee and i did a video about how to style your walk-in closet because it's a huge selling feature but they always look like a giant mess every time we sh- shoot them so we, and then
0: you're not selling the walk-in closet. so we
1: always leave them out of the photos because it looks horrendous no matter hmm. how c- clean you think your closet is it doesn't show well because it needs to look sparse it needs to look like it's color coordinated it needs to look like it's an amazing right so I usually just leave and leave them out, to be honest with you. But if I have the time, I will make it look pretty, for sure.
0: I've opened my but. closet door three times in one year, because <laughs> I live out of drawers. So. you,
1: Yeah, well, you are a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it's that. a two-boy house, so. <laughs> um, you probably live just live out of a laundry basket, and not even fold clothes. Just grab I that stuff, right? Put the laundry
0: in before you got here. I yeah, there you go. But um. yeah, it's,
1: it's to that point right now where there's so many listings that you have to make your home look... Amazing like there's no room for error in this area like if there's one house on your street There's probably 15 now That are for sale and that you're up against so you need to look amazing you need to have it It's almost like going it's almost like your house is going on its own interview I was just gonna say
0: you're making this sound like a job interview. It's
1: exactly what it is like you have to look the part right So I've had instances in the past where I bring pull a buyer up to a house and we're not even walking in the door because they don't like the outside of the house. Like, oh, this place looks rough. That yard's not taken care of. Looks like the trim hasn't been painted in years. Looks like the shingles need to be done. Let's move along. Wow. They wouldn't even walk in the house. And it was like one of their top tens uh, to go see. Nope.
0: I guess you don't know what's on people's minds, too, for it's what crazy. they're scrutinizing, hey? Oh,
1: yeah. And it's... Buyers have the... the ex- I don't know if it's like an... I call it the HGTV effect where like they, like they see all this beautiful stuff on TV and that's what they're expecting when they walk in the door. It's like, no, this isn't a TV show. This is real life. But that's what they're expecting. And then when it's a buyer's market, you have to try to meet those expectations or you're going to sit there. It sucks.
0: So do those... <laughs> 'Cause I know that's I swear that's all my mother watches. Is those like you said, the the fixer upper, like let's buy this dump favorite of a show, home. By the and, way. Mm-hmm.
1: Fixer Upper is my favorite show. Right. And <laughs> that's
0: what my mom talks about when I talk to her. It's like, Oh, you should have seen this fantastic house. It's either that or Dancing with the Stars, right? So it's like, But like, is that what people have in their mind now? Is they do they want to see the homes that people are renovating on T V.
1: Oh, for sure they do. Yeah. I um I, if you go on our YouTube page, you'll see that I do a ton of videos about mark, staging your home and what to do. But like I was, if you ha- especially like in areas like Greens on Gardner, for example, where every house is pretty much identical, right down the street, if you don't have some sort of wow factor or if it doesn't look like like it's barely lived in, um, they'll probably pick another one over yours because they're all probably gonna be very similarly priced, um, or they'll just take the lowest price to negotiate that one. Hmm. So you got to show show off the assets of your home and show the versatility, the space, and uh, ultimately making sure that like le- the less you have to do in the house for a buyer, the better. So they don't want to see cracks. They don't want to see, oh, I got to redo the kitchen. Oh, I need to finish the yard. That's a lot of money for a buyer where they could just go buy one down the street. That's already yeah. So you need to set yourself above the others
0: right now um do you find that there's any air of mistrust about agents like
1: i think that's in any industry like lawyers for sure are in the same boat um and that's why i i feel like having an agent that you're trustworthy of is is key i mean there's like you said there's a lot of agents in regina but you probably know like 15 of them or you could probably name them off your or at least people who dabbled in it, right? Yeah. So you know some people that you will like know and trust for sure that was gonna give you the honest answers. Um, I feel like um, we have a we have an ethics that we have to uphold to have our license. And for sure, there's always gonna be a few bad apples in every industry that's gonna give you a bad taste in your mouth. And it, it, that's that's obviously has happened like in a few instances for sure. But on I would say on the whole, we're all really like, we're all really good agents in Regina. I've never had to deal with anybody that's super shady or has ever done anything in, in a bad, ill way to make things worse for a client. I've just never in my 10 years, I've never experienced that personally myself. So that's pretty good. I'd say I've done quite a few transactions in my day that it's, I'd say, um, it's just like any other industry. You get that, the odd slime ball here and there and you just can't get you can't really do anything about it except for do the best that you can and make sure that you are doing your job ethically as best as possible so i don't know it's kind of a hard question yeah say. no I <laughs> but hopefully i did that right but
0: no that was great um, um you said you had to be off and be somewhere by three so yeah um my last thing is what are the first kind of bullet points like if someone's young mm-hmm. and looking to buy what are kind of what should they do to get their shit together? Pretty much. <laughs>
1: what do they do to get the shit together? Okay. Well, I would say the first things first is go talk to a financial advisor or a lender and kind of find out what where you're at financially before you even start to think about buying anything. Um, they'll put you in a direction about what you have to do with your debt if you have any, um, or learning how to responsibly budget and live life and not do it in excess i know probably a lot of your friends are and you're trying to keep up with them but it's not it's not worth it in the end so that's some key things there save up and talk to your your advisor about if you have an rsp you could also use that as a down payment too a lot of people don't know that
0: are there penalties
1: not the first the first time you do it there isn't you could pull it out tax-free so that's
0: and I bet you no one knows
1: that I bet you no one knows that you gotta talk to your lender and find <laughs> that out um there's so many little t- tips and tricks that on the financial side that it's a no-brainer just to go talk to somebody find out what your credit score is and how, make, how to improve it that'll always help you out and um I don't know just keep an eye out for what what lifestyle you want to be in like if if you want to buy a house and this is kind of you're going to be living here for long term i'd say go for it i mean if you're there for five years or more it will be a good investment for you um see that's probably about it right on is that helpful i don't know (laughs) no that's totally because like
0: literally it was just i felt like i had my hand held and was oblivious through the whole process right (laughs) like it was a friend of the family had been like here's this lady she does real estate we went to her yeah. but it was also a buyer's market at the time so we had it I believe super easy also she would we mm-hmm. pretty much were like here's how much we want to spend we went and got approved mm-hmm. for like like I don't know if things have changed now we got approved for a stupid amount mm-hmm. like so in 2005 I think we were approved for something like four hundred and some thousand dollars yeah. which at the time was like crazy
1: yeah
0: yeah like but no one tells you also what the payment is on that. It's like right. you can buy a house up to right. this point, right? But we only ended up using like a quarter of what we were paid for at the time. Good, right? that was
1: a good choice. <laughs> that was a good but choice.
0: yeah, and it's like you said, like it was a buyer's market. So like the guy had the house listed for so much, and we actually were like offered lower and said we want you to throw in
1: this is this yeah all the stuff that's yeah. in the kitchen
0: right now, and he accepted right away, and it was like on the market that day. So it yeah. was like
1: perfect.
0: We found what we wanted, yeah, grabbed that it, seems like a done, transaction. low baldom got yeah. it. And <laughs> like, and I, and, But then when the boom hit, I felt like after that, it was like, there's no way that that'll happen no. anymore. And then yeah. even so our know. home was a tiny, like, 750-square-foot beginner home, right? Because it was like we were just getting together, buying a house. We knew at some point mm-hmm. there might be a kid that comes along. So, like, two-bedroom and the basement was a suite also.
1: Right. That's another um, good one. I always say, like... It's almost similar to like what I had. My story is that like if you can find a home that you can rent, like have a suite in the basement where you can rent and supplement your mortgage in some sort of way, because maybe your job isn't as super um, stable as you think it is or something comes up that you have some backup there to help you with that mortgage payment. So
0: did they change the rules on that? Because I thought Mm -hmm. you couldn't rent out space in a house you lived in or was that?
1: No, you, yeah, there's lots of people that do that. There's okay, so many. I swear yeah. I heard something well, like, like, like that a while ago. Like, there's tons of like non-regulation suites that it's happening oh. all the time. But there's now there's a lot of builders that have done actual formal suites that are that you can like they're contained units like one is on the bottom one's on the top they have their own separate utilities yeah and the one we bought
0: was like that it was two doorbells yeah yeah, separate areas but we just used it as our whole house House. right yeah but yeah it was just neat and it seems like lots in this area especially like in this little crescent area over here tons of them seem to have basement suites like so i don't know if that was the trend when those got built in the i think it was the 1950s well it's a very
1: sought after area it's right by university yeah, we had lots of university kids here, right? So and yeah, like good. during
0: that boom, the house pretty much doubled. Yeah, which was mind blowing, right? Yeah, yeah. So
1: and I took advantage of that, so it worked out well. So I'd say, yeah, that was another tip. Put in that bullet point that you were saying before: <laughs> find a house that you can maybe use as a rent, like use to supplement your mortgage with, because that'll help when, especially when you're younger and you're you don't care and need a roommate anyway. And you Might usually
0: will have roommates or something, so why not have instead yeah. of if you're four of you be you renting a place if you can be the one that can afford the
1: the yeah. The if you have the down payment and you're yeah. pre qualified, why not be that per- why not be the landlord, right? So the down payment's so, a huge thing, hey. Down payment's the biggest one too. I mean saving up for that is hard. When you're like it's you're trying to get out of the rental cycle and there's only so much money at the end of the month that you can put towards your dream house five years down the road, right? It's yep. hard. It's definitely hard, but I would say, um, yeah, go talk to your lenders or financial institutions or talk to your parents. They might not have given you this information or you may have not learned it at school, but they might know a few things here and there or know somebody that does. So that'd be a good one too. Right on. Okay.
0: I appreciate you coming out. Um, Yeah. Pump all of your sites, (laughs) projects, where they can find you.
1: Uh, Well, you can find us at jcrealty.com. That's probably the most quickest way to find all our listings and we have awesome information on our blog um, right there Um, we're really um, active on social media too so you can find us at JC Realty Team on Instagram and Facebook I'm not super active on Twitter but we're there too
0: but that's the problem it's like (laughs) there are (laughs) are those many avenues but like you said if you're running the social media and like like where do you get the most hits from right
1: now um, I feel like our our target base is mostly on instagram right now really yeah
0: see now instagram's yeah. one that like i still like i don't get
1: it uh, but <laughs> i have I, it yeah but, like, facebook I don't is, use it. is still probably our best tool to do like quick tips and tutorials and getting to know more about our team and and our listings i would say that's probably i do a lot more on facebook but i'd see most a lot of our people are on instagram too hmm. so
0: good to know Right on. Thank you very much for coming out.
1: Thanks for having me.